Richard Radio begins in three, two, one. Now I can preach it like this, okay? Repent! Or I can tell you, change your mind. Preaching repentance in the area of consciousness of sins is dishonoring the work of Jesus. Repentance means you realize you're guilty, that you deserve the wrath and punishment of God. You begin to realize that sin is in you, and you turn your back on it in every shape and form. You renounce the world, whatever the cost, and you deny yourself and take up the cross and go after Christ. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Well, welcome to... Welcome to Red Show. I can't do this. I just can't. Todd, you've you've got to. You've almost hit your cue. I'm sorry. I can't. You've got now to. You're late for it. <laughs> I don't know if I can do this. Todd, you've got to. There you go. Thank you very much. This is Wretched Radio. <laughs> Apparently, a whole lot of people are stressed. Isn't that the word du jour, which is also the word of the day? No matter what it is, you're caught in traffic. You cut your nail a little too close to the cuticle. No, it's to the quick, I guess is what you would. Or maybe the cuticle. Yeah, I think it's the cuticle. I don't know what your fingers look like. Mine, actually, my fingers finally don't have paint on them. I'm pretty excited about that. Had a little little situation with some paint. And it sure takes a while, and I should have listened to Mrs. Friel, who said, nail polish, just use nail polish. But there was something inside of me that said, that's for girls. What are you painting? That's right. I'm misogynistic. What was that? (laughs) There is an amazing product. It seems that no matter how hard you try to park your car away from the reach of other doors in a parking lot, They still somehow seem to find you, don't they? And Mrs. Friel's car, especially she has she has a piece of trim running through the middle of the door that was really dinged. So as is Mrs. Friel's want, she went researching this and she found I'm telling you, if this thing goes belly up and frankly, at the moment, I think it could. I would like to sell that stuff. It was amazing. You just put the you got to clean it. You got to get all the schmutz off of it. That's the automotive word. And then you put the paint on it and you just spread it with a bit of a plant, like a little rubber trowel. Let it dry and then polish out the other paint. It's amazing. It is amazing how that thing huh. works. I'm telling you. We should open an auto body shop. That, hey, do you think <laughs> we could do you think we could make it with one product? <laughs> I don't think Next so. up are going to be the headlights. They got uh, a, they got a product. That, that takes the, the yellow out of your headlights. Yep, yep. Amazing. See, that's science. That's the stuff that we dig. Not the type of nonsense that the world purports to be scientific, which actually, believe it or not, brings us back to being stressed out. How do we help people who are stressed? The reality is life is a pressure cooker, and we are living in a season where some of the rather more pleasant accommodations that we've experienced as Christians is changing and rapidly uh, where we suddenly are the outsiders and we can't even look in. We can't even speak in. They want to just cast us out because we get in the way of them doing whatever it is that they want to do. And so for the Christian, there is a temptation to feel like, whoa, the house is collapsing on my head. And you're not the only one who's feeling that. Stress reaches all-time high among world's workers. So they surveyed people who have jobs because there's 
a few of us left. Where are the workers? They, hey, you can't get a job. Here's what you can do. Get this paint kit thing and go find people with <laughs> chips on the side of their door. Even if the color doesn't match, just do it. You can make a buck doing this. I'm telling be a great job for a teenager, a college student. I'm just telling you, we are a stressed world and we bring it to work. 60% report they felt emotionally detached from their jobs, while many others reported not feeling hopeful about the future. 44% reported they experienced stress a lot just the previous day. Now, we don't know if they're stressed because of work or they're bringing their stress to work. But the reality is this junk drawer word called stress is prevalent, it seems, in every society. Do we have more pressures today than we did a thousand years ago? I tend to doubt it, actually. It might feel like it. But I got to tell you, when you used to have to walk to go get your potable water, when you couldn't just hit a button and get cooled down with air conditioning, when you couldn't just go to a grocery store and push your cart around and pick out whatever you wanted to, except, of course, coffee creamer, which seems to be in short oh, supply these days. Supply line. What is with the coffee just creamer? The, just the, They've got all kinds of the flavor. Joe Biden's making a mistake. <laughs> He's making a big mistake. You can make sure those gas prices are high. The economy, I've heard that the economy, based on the stuff that matters, like food, gasoline, electricity, it's about 35, 36, 37% increase. Whoa, I can handle that, but give me my coffee creamer, please, because that that's what's going to bring about a red wave this fall. How do we help people with stress? Well, in case you haven't seen... It turns out the world scientific way ain't cutting it. Headline from the Daily Mail. Depression is all caps not caused by low serotonin levels. Hold the phone, Henrietta. This is groundbreaking because we have been telling people now for decades. If you feel stressed, if you feel low, if you feel blue, we will give you a pill and it will make it better because it is your serotonin level that needs to be brought up. Turns out. Nope, that's not what's causing it. A major review. Some of these people are actually being honest in the response. Millions of patients take selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors designed to boost levels of the feel-good chemical. But the University College London, there's no convincing evidence that depression is caused by an imbalance of the chemical. To be certain, do we know that there are some biological reasons that some people are blue? Yes. I always think about postpartum. That is something that is pretty common and pretty curable. But that's really not what most of us are dealing with. Not that I couldn't have a baby. I don't know if you've heard, but I actually could do that. Oh, boy. And these people, though, would say, no, it's about your serotonin. It's not your chemical imbalance because of the delivery of a child. No, it's about getting these levels up in your frontal cortex, which is, I think, where the serotonin reproduction takes place. Turns out, wrong. We know that there can be some biological reasons, but overall, we're dealing with a world that doesn't know how to deal with the world. Isn't that really what stress is? We don't think things are under control. Major or minor ways. 
the society is crumbling. That's a that's a major way, minor way. Ah, my kid's getting a D in algebra. Uh, there's major and there's minor, and they are issues that cause us to feel like, oh, ah. and that's the majority of what people call stress these days. And it turns out science ain't got the answer. One academic involved in the study described the findings as eye-opening and that everything I thought I knew has been flipped upside down. Please note, nobody's suggesting you get off your meds, at least not without your doctor being involved. But you do need to know that what the doctors have been telling so many people is the cause of their anxiety isn't. Prescriptions for antidepressants among teens have risen by a quarter in England in the last four years. The greatest growth was seen among 13 to 19-year-olds. Young adults, often leaving home, starting their careers, saw antidepressant prescription rates boom by about 40%. Why? A lot of reasons, most certainly, but these are young people who are being confronted with a world that is voracious. I'm telling you, I... Oof, Mom and dad, if you've got kids, teenagers right now, the world is against you. They are yelling messages into the ears of your kids, telling them that they are oppressed by you. You are a knucklehead. You don't know what you're talking about. you got to break free. You've got to be your own person. Stop treating me like a child. That's the message of the world, and you're up against that. So, so many kids, they detach from their parents during the teen years, and then they hit the world. <laughs> They're a little stressed out, and it appears that popping a pill ain't going to get it done. One in six British adults and roughly 13% of Americans take antidepressants. There's a lot of anxiety going on, a lot of stress. Seems like this would be a good time to mention biblical counseling. You say, the Bible can't handle these issues. Tell me, what is the Word of God, living, active, more powerful than a two-edged sword? What does it do? It cuts, separates. It gets as down to the bone as it can go. In other words, if you are feeling the stress that is a non-biological issue, which is the exception to the stress rule, you have got yourself a tool that gets you. The Bible gets you. Why? Because God does get you. The Bible does say that Jesus understands you. The Bible does say that there's a solution to your problem. If you're feeling stressed, if you're feeling anxious, maybe, just maybe, the cure that you have been looking for can be found in your nightstand drawer. You will see how exactly the Bible helps us to not be stressed. Next on Wretched Radio. Hmm, something is happening in the Philippines. Wait, I know what it is. Jesus is building his church. Please meet Pastor Kitu Espiritu from the Master's Academy International in the Philippines. Your support allows us to fill pulpits and transform lives. Pastors are being equipped to rightly divide the truth. People in the Philippines are hearing the truth rightly preached and coming to know the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Jesus is on the march in the Philippines. Souls are being 
being saved, churches are being built, and yet there are too many empty pulpits. And that is where you come in. Would you please consider filling an empty pulpit in the Philippines so that people can hear the word rightly divided? The Master's Academy International training pastors to do just that in the Philippines and 17 other nations. To learn more, please visit wretched.org slash pastor, wretched.org slash pastor. Thank you for listening to Wretched Radio today. But what do you know about Wretched TV? Hmm? Well, let me give you some facts. Wretched TV is daily. Wretched TV is 30 minutes. And Wretched TV can be found on 135 Christian TV networks. Wretched TV is also hosted by Todd. Wretched TV is also available on Roku, Amazon Prime, and Truly. If you haven't seen Wretched TV yet, it's certainly not because you lack the opportunity, because it's everywhere. Check it out today at all of the places I just mentioned or also wretched.org slash TV. And while you're at wretched.org, click the donate page and take a look at how you might become a monthly Wretched Gospel Partner. Neither Wretched Radio nor Wretched TV are possible without the support of our Gospel Partners. Wretched.org slash donate or you can also text the word Wretched to the number 44321. Wretched. Amazing grace. Amazing gospel. Thanks to our partners, we were able to create channels of food supplies from neighboring countries of Moldova and Romania. Over 45 tons of non-perishable food supplies were brought in and delivered to thousands of people across small towns and cities that suffered from the war. That is our dear brother Max from the Tomorrow Clubs in Ukraine, continuing to preach the gospel, opening up kids' clubs where they can, and because of the war, providing resources, providing food and shelter and prayer, and of course, the gospel to people who are in need. If you have never considered supporting Tomorrow Clubs, this might be the right time. You are needed in Ukraine. Tomorrow Clubs will do the work. They will take care of the distribution. They just need the resources. Would you please consider providing them? Tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Important dates in Christian history. 716 A.D. Boniface, the apostle of Germany, sets out as a missionary to bring the gospel to pagan lands. As Islam decimated the church in North Africa and the Middle East, Christianity found shelter and thrived in Europe. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Of course you're stressed out. The question is, how does a Christian D? stress. This is Wretched Radio. You hear it slung about like, give me a Diet Coke, please, or I guess Coke Zero is the thing now. I'm stressed. Ah, I am so stressed. I've got to stop at the bookstore and and, and pick up my books for class. I'm so stressed about this. (laughs) Words are a funny thing, especially these days. What's left after stress? I mean, like, where do you go when there's no food in the pantry and your children are starving to death, are you still just stressed? I mean, where where can you go? Like, literally, that's the worst thing that's ever happened to me. Being late because of traffic is the worst 
the worst thing that can ever. By the way, in the word literally, literally means literally, <laughs> not figuratively. No, it means so, figuratively now. I, I don't want to care in you, but if you're a teenager and you're trying to make the point that it actually happened or not, then then you use the word literally this. If it's some sort of hyperbole or exaggeration, you say figuratively because it's not actually words have meanings. Reading a couple of interesting books right now, not done with them yet, but talking about the war of words that is taking place in our society, how ideological battles are being fought and won because of language. Okay, so for instance, here's some language for you. Kamala Harris spoke at the 113th Annual Convention of the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People. That would be your NAACP. Comparing the reversal of Roe v. Wade to the slavery issue. Okay, whoa. Uh, how do you get there exactly? Words. You, you find a way to make the word have a broader semantic range, and then you import thinking into that, and then you bring the word back out and go, here it is right here. Kind of Martin Bailey form, frankly. Comparing the reversal of Roe v. Wade to the slavery issue, she said, quote, we know that our country has a history of claiming ownership over human bodies. So getting pregnant with your body, carrying an image bearer of God, if the law says you can't terminate that life, that's the same as chattel slavery in America in the 18th and a good chunk of the 19th century. How do they get there? They keep using words as a weapon. They are a tool to bring about liberal and progressive ideologies. Now, listen to this language, by the way. Today, extremists are criminalizing doctors and punishing women for making health care decisions for themselves. Personal decisions. Do, do you hear how they've taken words that used to mean one thing and now they mean another thing? To make you look like you are just out of step and out of the times. And incidentally, if anybody says to you, you know, you're just not on the right side of history, or they use the P word to support their wonky thinking, look, man, we're making progress. I'm telling you, I don't know of anything that is happening in our culture today that isn't regress. We're going backwards. Gender issues, sexuality issues. Are you kidding me? I would just it was just I just read the headline. But apparently in Germany, there were a group of people who were in public parading to demand their rights for man boy love. What? That isn't progress. That is regress. How do they get away with even talking about it? Well, they use words. They use language. They take words that used to mean one thing and they turn them into another and then use them against you as a cudgel. And this is going on everywhere. Today, extremists, punishing, healthcare, personal decisions. It's her right to make in consultation with her doctor, her pastor, her priest, her rabbi, her loved ones, and her government telling her what to do. I was driving behind a minivan. I'm going to do what I think is always such an annoying thing to do. 
I want to look up the picture that I took. I had to get a snap of this picture. Yep, I've got it right there. All right. Here, doing, this is the bumper sticker on, it was a Toyota, it appears. License plate number, oh, never mind that. Doing my best to, all caps, spelled out, P-O, the religious right. Well, isn't that nice? Then my favorite was the bumper on the sticker on the other side of the bumper, which is really hard to read because he started to pull away. Unlike most people in Atlanta who don't move forward when the light turns green. Nevertheless, I know they've got important text to deliver. It's government spelled out like coexist, you know, with all the different, you know, sort of symbols for it. But they're not any sort of religious symbols. They've got the religious symbols underneath. So government in this weird symbology is on top with the crescent moon, the cross, the star of David, etc. And the bumper, I wish I could, oh, wish I could read this word for word, but it's too blurry. It basically said, serious, I'm, you're going to go, dog, oh, come on, you're exaggerating. You, you, you've got to be kidding me. I'm not. The bumper sticker said something like, the government does your thinking so you don't have to believe in this. <laughs> we should be so grateful. Oh, man, Scylla. Karl Marx would go, that's a little too overt. If we're going to have a revolution, let's just be a little more subtle about this bad boy. Language is being used constantly. And it is, and it is effective. But don't let them fool you. We are not progressing. We are regressing. But because we see a world that is indeed coming down like a house on fire, might be a little stressed. Maybe, just maybe, instead of doing serotonin uptickers in order to get you to feel better because it is being demonstrated according to a review, a major review in Great Britain, that's not the reason for most people's problems. That is simply not what is causing people to be sad. There are other reasons for it. Lou Priolo, writing a book, Biblical Counseling, What to Expect. He's very helpful in this regard because he lays out the distinction and the difference between secular counseling and biblical counseling. You should expect to see good results from biblical counseling. You should expect it. If you go to biblical counseling, I hope this works. No, you should expect it's going to work because it does work. You should expect to see good things happen. You say, my struggles are too big. I say the Bible is that cutting. It is that able to get in and reveal and expose and heal. You should expect good things from biblical counseling. You should expect to hear much and learn much about Jesus Christ. If you don't, that's not biblical counseling, because biblical counseling ultimately is not about getting over something, dealing with a situation. It's about becoming more like Jesus Christ. i got to tell you, I can't wait to share this with you. On Sunday, okay, let's, let's just be honest for a moment. Anytime your pastor isn't in the pulpit, you just kind of go, oh, okay, here we go. All righty then. Well, so it was on Sunday. I'm in the hallway. I bump into one of our elders who's looking especially dapper, but a little bit focused, a little bit intense. Sure enough, he was the preacher. <laughs> wow, it was amazing. 
It was absolute. It was so Christ exalting. We've talked about this before when we take a look at the Puritan writings that so warmed and stirred the affections. It was so good. I can't wait to share it with you. It's an example of this is Jesus. It's pointing to Jesus. This text is about Jesus. Look at how amazing Jesus is over and over again. And you will become more like him the more you hear about him. You'll not be able to make truly lasting changes that are ultimately beneficial to you and pleasing to God unless and until you have been quickened by the Holy Spirit through regeneration. When it comes to biblical counseling, you should expect to receive a biblical interpretation of your problem. Now, what the world says, you've got a serotonin problem. No, chances are pretty fair. You've got a sin problem, don't we all? Or you've got a bad thinking or a bad theology problem. You should expect to get a biblical interpretation of your situation. And isn't that more reliable than a lab coat from Harvard or Yale or Oxford who are now discovering, whoops, I guess all those pills we've been given don't quite, what do they do? We don't know. Keep prescribing them. You should expect the Spirit of God to work through the Word to bring about change. That means you've got power. You should expect not to merely break bad habits. You should expect to become different. You should expect to be taught, convicted, corrected, and trained by the scriptures. And isn't that more reliable than man's wisdom and nonsense? Look at the world around us. Who's who's in charge of secular psychology? The secularists. Look at their thinking when it comes to social issues. Why would we think it's better when it comes to emotional and spiritual issues? If you're stressed, might I encourage you, if you don't do formal biblical counseling at biblicalcounseling.com, find somebody who can disciple you to apply the word to your situation so that you become more like Jesus. This is Wretched Radio. This is Wretched Radio, and I'm Jimmy Hicks. We now take a break from your regularly scheduled sanity to enter the world of delusion. And first, we go to the public school, or a public school, where a video has recently been posted by a drag queen teacher who is showing off his classroom that also doubles as a nightclub and is covered in LGBT decor. These are the people being allowed to mold the minds of our children. I'm not real sure what drag queens, nightclubs, and LGBT ideology has to do with education. And as we continue our journey through the world of delusion, we come to the New York Times, who has a new article up, and the headline reads, quote, Cannibalism has a time and a place. And some recent books and films suggest that that time is now. <laughs> With inflation, food shortages, I guess they suggest that we just start grilling up our neighbors. Hmm. And now more delusion from The Who. Not the band, but the World Health Organization, who has declared monkeypox is a global health emergency, which is the highest rating the WHO gives out. So it's a global health emergency, where we see a worldwide total of roughly 16,000 cases in 75 countries. Okay, 7.7 .7 billion people in the world. 16,000 cases would be... 0.0002% of the worldwide population. 
Oh, and that's not even mentioning that 97% of those 16,000 cases have contracted monkeypox through same-sex relations between men. That sure does sound like a worldwide emergency to me. I say bring back the masks, the gloves, the goggles, and make us shelter in place, because this is probably worse than COVID. Delusional? Somebody say delusional? For the frog frog self pronouns, you would say something like, Frog went to the store and frog got a new skirt for frog self. For my bug pronouns, you would say something like, Bug's special interest is monster high, and it always makes bug really happy. Yep, there are brand new pronouns that have hit the scene, so if you're feeling froggy, you can now safely identify as a frog. And if you feel like a bug, you've got yourself some pronouns too. And in that awkward situation where you feel like a frog and your spouse feels like a bug, just see the previous New York Times article on cannibalism. And we finish with a story from the capital of the world of delusion, California, where a Southern California school district has delayed a vote on opening a Planned Parenthood clinic in a high school. Now not only can teens abort or murder their babies without their parents' knowledge, but they may soon be able to do it on their lunch break and just go right back to school. How incredibly thoughtful of this school district. And that concludes our trip in the world of delusion. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. And we now return to reality. Books of the Bible. The book of Job answers the question, why do the righteous suffer? When Job loses everything, his friends blame him. But when Job questions the Lord, he responds, God is sovereign and he is good. His ways are beyond our understanding. When you suffer, know that God is in control. He has his own purposes that you may not understand. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. And just in case pastors aren't stressed enough, this is Wretched Radio. On a good day, a pastor has a lot bearing down on him, much weight on his shoulders because he counsels people. And he knows the struggles, and he knows the heartache, and he knows the devastation of sin. He has got all kinds of pressure about some stuff that, look, a pastor's got to do what a pastor's got to do. I just wish that fewer pastors had to do so much business and so much management and so much running of the place and involved in meetings that really aren't a part of his calling when it comes to spiritual leadership, that's on a good day. Not to mention, he might have some personal things going on. You know, he's married to a sinner, too. He gave birth to sinners. And when I say he gave birth, I mean, well, it could have been he who actually gave birth. <laughs> then he wouldn't be a pastor. Yeah. What was the shirt Johnny was wearing? Um uh, we're we're pregnant. Uh, well, mostly my wife. Yeah. See, now that T-shirt, just throw it away. I got him that for Christmas. Because Did you really? I did. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't need that anymore because I can have a baby too, don't you know? That is the world system, which is now also bearing down on pastors. So it is church responsibilities. It is family obligations, carking cares from the kids, from spouse, from relatives, financial stress. Now he's got to become an epidemiologist. Now he has to know what COVID is up to. Now he has to know about monkeypox. Here's what I know. 3,000 cases out of 330 million people. And you would think that they are going to start bringing out the death carts to throw bodies into them because we can't get rid of them fast enough. 
the pastor has to deal with all of these issues and on the horizon, my opinion, one that will make the rest of these pressures look like child's play, persecution, the changing of a society's attitude. I was just reading Dr. Erwin Lutzer, who described, no, and I think he lifted it from somebody, nevertheless, that we used to be in the, on, the fee, on the playing field and people in the stands would cheer for us. Hey, Christians, yeah, nonprofit status. Yeah, you do good stuff. Let's give a little a little breadth to the Christians so that they can do the good work that they do. Well, somebody let those people out and let in a new group of people. And now they're not cheering for Christians. They're yelling at Christians. And we are going to see countless pressures come from that. Just think about the COVID business and what the pastor had to deal with. It wasn't just how, how bad is it? How scary is it really? What about the efficacy of masks? What about the jab? Do we open? Do we close? Do we social distance? All of those things were like squish, squish, squish on the pastor. Persecution, it's going to have squishes all over the place. Uh, will the will the government let us stay open? Uh oh, we lost our our nonprofit status. Now we've got to start paying taxes. Where are we going to get that money? Or when he starts losing members because they you've discovered there's been a bit of a purging with persecution. Suddenly attendance drops because you discovered courtesy of persecution you got a lot of tears in your body then what about all of the people who are going to be telling the pastor how to deal with this, how to do church, how this place ought to be run in this context? It is going to be a lot, and pastors are feeling it, which is why shocking number of pastors are contemplating quitting. They just they, they can't do no more. It's not what they thought this was going to be about. Well, I would say to you, Pastor, if you're feeling that way, this is what it's about. Every generation has had its struggles. Every society, every culture for all times has had challenges. Now, are these particular challenges new? No, they're not. They take, of course, on different manifestations, probably more sophisticated or so we think, but it's the same old, same old. You know, the church has dealt with plagues before. The church has dealt with persecution before. That's the benefit of studying church history. You go back and go, well, how did they do it? There have been plagues. There have been societal attitudes that weren't warm and friendly to Christians. How did they respond? What can we learn from them? And not only does the pastor, but I think we all need to remember, God has us here at this time. He's called us to this time. That's pretty exciting, isn't it? Because you thought, oh, why couldn't I have died after Ronald Reagan was president when everything was perfect in America? Because God wants you here right now. You're on the field. Yep, they're jeering you from the stands, but you're in the game. And we've got to play the game. And right now in Christianity, we've got a lot of people who are on the sidelines or are sidelining themselves due to stress. And that includes pastors, pastors who prioritize self-care, less likely to feel like quitting. 
Barna researchers found that pastors who have considered quitting full-time ministry are less likely to prioritize their self-care and more likely to agree that they feel like their own spiritual formation has taken a backseat to pastoral duties. If you don't want your pastor to get out of the game, make sure that you are helping your pastor to take care of himself, that he is taking vacation time, that he doesn't attend every single meeting, that he isn't doing every chore that the church demands. Make sure that your pastor has some balance in his life. You don't want the guy disabled. You don't. You can feel the difference of a pastor who's gotten it out. And I say to you, props, sir, well done. Play the man. But it's better if his relationship with Jesus is growing. You feel that. It comes out of the pulpit. It comes in his responses, the way that he interacts with the sheep. Make sure your pastor isn't getting the blues. Among pastors who feel like quitting, less than half, 45%, say they prioritize their self-care. 62% have not considered quitting, say they do. So in other words, you find balance in your life. You make sure that you're getting away on occasion, whatever, however that schedule looks like. Everybody's context is different. Are you taking care of yourself, pastor? 50% of pastors who feel like quitting said they often feel depressed compared to just 21% who have not considered quitting. That shouldn't surprise us. Pastors have considered leaving, who have considered leaving are less likely than other pastors to prioritize, uh-oh, reading the Bible for personal devotions and time to worship on a weekly basis. In other words, the pastor also needs soul care. If you too need your soul tended to, you're off track. Things are just not, they're just, everything's a little janky. Just not quite clicking. Please consider biblical counseling. Even you too, pastor, you too. You sometimes need an outside voice to help you navigate through these choppy waters that are 21st century church issues. And that counseling shouldn't come from a counselor. It should come from the Bible. Word of encouragement. If you are in need of help, I sure hope there isn't a stigma with biblical counseling. That there isn't this, oh, that's like psychology. You're going to the shrink. No, you're not. You're going to do what the Bible says we should do. Encourage, rebuke, exhort, teach, disciple one another. Lupriolo, biblical counseling, what to expect. You should expect to be given a fair amount of homework, reading and memorizing scripture, doing Bible studies, reading books, booklets, articles, listening to recordings, keeping journals, doing good works. You got to put off and put on. In other words, there's work involved. But you apply yourself, put your hand to the plow. I'm telling you, you will be changed with biblical counseling. You should expect to be asked to make commitments. Will you do this? I will be checking in on you. You should expect, or at least prepare for, a bit of temporary discomfort. This might sting a little along the way. You should expect to find hope for the problems you are facing. You should expect to gain an eternal perspective about your problem. All of those expectations can be met in biblical counseling for the healing of the wounds that have been inflicted on your soul. If you need it, biblicalcounseling.com. Pastor, that includes you too. And nobody in your congregation should gasp. 
that even the pastor sometimes needs soul care. And speaking of soul care, as long as I brought up the subject, transformed, it is an outstanding reason. You got to see what's going on in biblical. You'll see what's going on in biblical counseling. That's what the transformed TV series is about. 13 episodes. Show it in your Sunday school. Some, all of it, so that people get set on fire to counsel one another and to get equipped and trained and certified at biblicalcounseling.com. And if you happen to be a couple, we sure could use you if you've got some struggles. And what couple doesn't? Transform couples. It's coming. And we would like you to consider being a part of the show. Please learn more if you'd like to come in and receive counseling, 12 weeks of it, and participate in our new TV series. Transformed.org is the destination. This is Wretched Radio. So there you are on your Googler machine trying to find a restaurant. What do you look for? Ratings and reviews. If it gets lots of stars, positive reviews, chances are pretty good you're going to go there. Question, would you be inclined to go to a restaurant that had a 98% approval rating and rave reviews? I suspect you would. MetaShare, affordable biblical health sharing, has a 98% approval rating. 400,000 members strong, sharing one another's health care bills, saving billions of dollars over the years, saving families on average $500 a month. And 98% of the members of MediShare give it a hearty thumbs up. I encourage you to call them and see if MediShare is right for you and your family. 1-844-34-BIBLE. 1-844-34-BIBLE for MediShare. What's the one question you think we get the most here at Wretched? It's, why do you guys do what you do? And we thought the best person to answer that question was you. Wretched Radio has just really brought me closer to God. Wretched has changed my life. Wretched Radio, you all have done a great job at really bringing joy into our lives. Our goals have always been to preach the gospel, to equip people to preach the gospel, and to strengthen the local church. And when we hear testimonies from real people just like you, we are encouraged. My life will never be the same because of you guys. Through your video, God saved me. Wretched Radio, you encouraged me to walk with the Lord. And we know we would never be able to reach millions of people all over the world with the gospel if it weren't for the support of our gospel partners. If you're not a gospel partner, would you prayerfully consider partnering with Wretched to save the lost and reach millions of people with the gospel? Just log on to wretched.org slash donate to get all of the information you could ever want to know about becoming a gospel partner. That's wretched.org slash donate. The war for life is not over. The war for life has just begun. Dan Steiner from preborn.org slash wretched. Our partner clinic in um, Buffalo, New York, is firebombed. A clinic in Longmont, Colorado also was burned. And so this is the essence of who we are as Christians. We war not against flesh and blood. The implication is that we are, in fact, at war, and we are. The war for life rages on state by state, city by city, block by block, woman by woman. Would you please consider supporting preborn.org slash wretched, providing free ultrasounds, providing counseling, providing parental training, providing Similac, providing clothes, providing diapers, and offering them the good news of the gospel. We are at war for life. Please consider supporting preborn.org slash wretched. 
vital part of biblical hermeneutics is an understanding of genre. One genre we find in scripture is gospel. The gospels are four complementary narrative accounts of the same story from a different perspective with a different emphasis. God delivers his timeless truth through a multitude of witnesses. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. If you like hot ice or cold fire, well, then you're going to love ethical non-monogamy. <laughs> this is Wretched Radio. I'm telling you, words, words, words. They are the weapon du jour, also the weapon of the day, in order to dismantle the props that have held up a society and allowed more human beings to flourish than any other nation at any other time in history, period, hands down. The deconstructing of the three C's that have built this nation. What are they? Christianity, constitution, and capitalism, all under assault. Karl Marx would be thrilled that his ideology is thriving, even though people don't tend to use that word. It is precisely what is being applied to our society to deconstruct it, to break it down. You got to crash a society. If you want to control a culture, then you have to break the current model. And that is being done through the use of words. And you've been experiencing this a lot. You feel this when people are talking and defending themselves. When you hear the silly abortion language, it's women's health care. Wait, what? What is that? No, health care. It's to like make people better, not dismantle them. And on and on and on goes the list. And now we can add ethical non-monogamy to it. This is not a fringe article. Ethical. Ethical. Cheating on your spouse. Yeah. Huh. But it's ethical. Who knew? Who knew? Well, that's why you need to read the New York Post, apparently, because this article will tell you that ENM, which is ethical non-monogamy, is where all of the all of the cards are on the table. We all know it. So this woman, staggeringly, with her name affixed to a New York Post article, describes having an affair with a married man. But it wasn't an affair. It was ethical non-monogamy because his wife knew about it. Oh. Mm. And so she was able, so she thinks, to wake up guilt-free, no attachments. We all knew what this was about. So it's okay. In other words, open dating, open marriage, open relationships. It is called ethical non-monogamy. This is sim- what it what's the what's the the man boy love? What are they? Um, um, minor minor attracted persons. Yeah, that sounds better than pedophilia, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, it's more positive. Or or no, no. minor attracted person. Oh, okay, so. That's the way that they are designed. That's the way that they're made. Or it's an emo- It's a disorder. So it's okay. Because we are living in a psychologized era when we see people getting off of the hook for their behavior because they had a hangnail when they were seven. And it was hard. In other words, there is no personal responsibility. And that is, that's the big press. That is the big movement now. And if you recall, we spent some time in Carl Truman's book called Strange Ideas, Strange New World. It's Strange New World. Strange New World. And it, it, it just it, 
lays out for you in pretty accessible fashion what the push is, what, 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 what the goal is that we are seeing, and the way the means that it is being accomplished. Please remember, it does not happen overnight, and that's instructive. But psychologized self is a huge tool in the Marxist toolbox. It is your psychologized self thinking about you, not personal responsibility to a group, to others outside of yourself. No, you only have personal responsibility to you. Now, we used to have a word for that. It was called selfish, maybe self-centered, sometimes arrogant. Me, 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 me. All you do is think about yourself. And the psychologized self is not only given permission, but it is told to do just that. And that is what we are up against. And if Carl Truman is right, and I think he is, it's it's really not arguable. You, you, you see the build in society. If the dam has now broken, courtesy of Obergefell, which, by the way, Clarence Thomas, it appears, wants to be done with. Here's a term. Don't worry. We'll get back to psychologize self. But Clarence Thomas was saying that there's a number of pieces of legislation that need to say bye-bye because of substantive due process. Huh? What substantive due process? Well, this is from NBC. Thomas wants the Supreme Court to overturn landmark rulings that legalize contraception, good, and same-sex marriage. Now, the contraception thing is we got to be careful with that because I think what he's after is those with abortifacients. Because even though Roe v. Wade was legalized, you can just go to your internet, you can text, text, I shouldn't have done what I did last night, and we'll send you a couple of pills and it'll take care of your problem so abortions can continue to happen. Clarence Thomas wrote just the end of last week, he would do away with the doctrine of substantive due process and explicitly call on the courts to overrule. Ah, oh, the thought of this would be amazing. Lawrence v. Texas and Obergefell v. Hodges. In other words, marriage would once again be marriage. Griswold, in case you're not familiar, there were there's three big cases. Griswold v. Connecticut, 1956 Supreme Court decision that established the right for married couples to buy and use contraceptives. That was the basis for the right for contraception for anybody, whether you're married or not. Lawrence, which is another substantive due process piece of judicial ruling, 2003 Supreme Court decision that established the right for consenting adults to engage in same-sex intimacy. Obergefell, 2015, established the right for same-sex couples to be married. So what is substantive due process? It's a term in constitutional law that allows courts to protect certain rights, even if they do not appear in the Constitution. And it has been interpreted in a lot of cases to apply to matters relating to the right of privacy. Me, what I do inside of my own head, what I do behind closed doors. Do you hear the focus on the autonomous self? including matters like love, intimacy, and sex, which is not explicitly mentioned in the Constitution. So he's saying, if you're going to make your case, you got to make it elsewhere, but it ain't in the Constitution. And a lot of conservative jurists have wanted to dismiss this type of, of, of 
importing new rights into the Constitution. Quote, in future cases, we should reconsider all of this court's substantive due process precedents, he said. <laughs> Cheers. In future cases, we should follow the text of the Constitution. That's the battle. And we will see if these court cases are indeed ruled upon, and maybe we do away with substantive due process. Back to our psychologized self, which is the culture that began not yesterday, not 10 years ago, not back with Griswold, not back in the 50s. It goes back centuries. If you recall from Carl Truman's book, he at least marks, you can go back further if you'd like to, but his book is already 500 pages you could go all the way back to Greek philosophy to find some of the roots of our psychologized self, the autonomous self that we see today as the tip of the spear in order to deconstruct a culture that was built on Christianity, Constitution, and capitalism. And the war is being fought by words, and it is encouraging you to focus on self. And you might look at it and go, what are we going to do? How, how do I respond to this zaniness? And I won't be surprised when some Christians become zealots, when they perhaps adopt tactics that before would have been abhorrent to Christians because we, we, we got to fight back. We, 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 can't, we can't tolerate this kind of oppression. Incidentally, I was just reading 2 Thessalonians 1 last night. Fascinating that Paul says, you are growing in faith and love because of persecution. He doesn't say become a revolutionary. He says you're, the persecution is actually helping you to grow in faith and love. And their persecution was a whole lot worse than what we're going through today. I hope nobody becomes a Christian zealot. But how do we respond? We might be inclined to look to horses and chariots known as Washington, D.C. to find a political solution to a spiritual problem. And we cannot be tricked into doing so. You get involved in politics as much as you see fit, but that is not where our hope lies. We need to take a long view. If you recall, back when there was man-boy love in Roman society and Greek society, how long did it take to change that? It took centuries. It took centuries. Well, we've got better communication. Well, perhaps it'll be accelerated, but it also took centuries, really starting with the Romantic period, 1700s to today. So at least three, four centuries of progressive liberalism to deconstruct the three C's. It's not going to get fixed overnight either. So what business should we be about? Loving one another serving one another, becoming more like Jesus Christ, and proclaiming the truth and not letting the darkness overcome the light, but to continue to evangelize, preach the gospel, serve your local church. You say, but that's not going to fix it. I got to tell you, ain't nothing going to fix this fast. So let's say we go with the biblical program to participate in the Great Commission for the saving of souls and the building of his kingdom. And until tomorrow... Go serve your king.